0: are worlds between our own, and from these worlds, there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments, scrawled in hidden places, and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will lock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript.
1: Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse.
0: Testaments
1: scrawled in hidden
0: places and
1: other things
0: with the sole purpose of sharing with you unique dimensions of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to
1: the visions of your sleep. A story has finally wriggled its way out of my mind, and it is time to set it free. This one is definitely a mind bender and it is inspired by me being a father for the first time. This is kind of what came out (laughs) dark verse wise mind you in that realm of my thinking from being a parent. So I hope you enjoy it. This is episode 91 of the dark verse and it is entitled costumes of reality.
0: Outside, frogs croaked by the hundreds. The recent rains had swelled the nearby creek, allowing for a brief metropolis of amphibian prolificy. They had never before caused me much delay when it came to falling asleep, but this evening their raucous sounds were so penetrating that it was too hard to exchange their dissonance with the frequencies of unconsciousness. I lay there in bed next to my husband, wandering upon the dark blotches of shadow on the ceiling and their infinities, and the day of errands awaiting me upon the approaching dawn. The fan creaked with its brisk rotations. My three-week-old daughter began to fuss in her bassinet at the foot of the bed. She had been fed and changed not a half hour ago. At first it was a grumble here and a grunt there, but soon enough she belted out with full reverberating newborn despair. I hesitatingly slid to my feet and walked over to my beckoning child. Her left arm had broken free from her swaddle and was swinging with clenched fingers. I reached down, slid my hands beneath her, one beneath her neck and head and the other beneath her lower back and hips but yanked my hands back as if they had just embraced a scalding surface in reaction to what I felt there. Something was below my daughter. I widened my retrieval extending one hand to the top of her head and the other to her legs and hoisted her up against my bosom. There on my child's back was a straw-limbed harbinger of nightmares. Thin, like a walking stick, its body was tan, fleshy in the length of my daughter's backside. Two arms of equal thickness supported hands with teeth-like fingers, more than ten digits on each, that plunged through blanket directly into baby flesh, tautly rooting their possessor. The globule, human-like head of this fiendish beast looked up at me with wild eyes. Its pupils spun chaotically about its pulsating balls of sight in a display of revolting euphoria. The cheeks beside its gaping mouth twitched vigorously, causing its lips to extend back and forth in differing lengths. A worm-like tail affixed to its torso slithered widely back and forth like a snake on a silk surface. I bring you knowledge from God, it said with a sickening vibrato voice. It was learned here that there are horrors greater than the instinctual and innate power of motherhood. That there are evils dreadful enough to supernaturally separate, dissect, and dissolve the unconditional love of a mother for her child. That there is abysmal energy capable of the decimation of the mystical and spiritual bond between creator and creation. I dropped my daughter. I had to, I had to separate myself from the hideous entity, or suffer a cataclysmic seizure of eye-displacing, teeth-shattering, tongue-severing, soul-rupturing madness. This incarnation of outrageous malevolence made air particles themselves shudder in revulsion and decay the transportation of light. Darkness deepened, swallowed, and deadened the space. My darling infant's head thudded against the ground at my feet, sprawling open her swaddle and limbs. She screamed vehemently, her gums vibrating with disturbing intensity. The blanket remained upon her back with the creature pinning it there with its needle fingers. Rendered inert, I could not even back further away to complete the malice of my failed parentship. No sleep was deep enough to protect from the piercing blows of these last few moments. My husband shot out of the opposite side of the bed. When all he could see was me stupefied, standing there like an imbecile while our daughter screeched, he at first erupted into a fanatic rage. But then, as he stumbled around the side of the bed to witness the scene, and the teeth-fingered terror affixed to our daughter, he stopped, stock still, and mumbled, God! In a prolonged declaration that started with intensity and ended in a whisper. While he spoke, he curled upward his top lip to reveal his teeth and shook his head back and forth at a short buzzing rate. His eyes opened as wide as bodily possible before his pupils expanded to the border of his irises and grayed out. Red veins branched out like lightning and bulged. Upon this new sight, a sight into unknown repulsions, he crumpled to the ground. Yes, God! the creature said in return, continuing to pump fluid from my daughter's back through its odd and disgusting extremities. God allows. Once finished with my baby, the thing detached and wrapped its way to me, one pinpoint finger after another, forcefully kissing the floor while its tail dragged along, oscillating side to side. My daughter gasped, For breath, caked in red while blood pooled around her. I was sure that she would die if left unattended, but even then I could not compel myself to move one muscle despite her being there right at my feet. There was nothing I could do for her except call out mentally with screams of hysterical, maddened longing. The teeth-fingered terror began to crawl up my left leg. Each of its knife-claw lunges pierced my flesh. Then it climbed my waist and stomach before settling with its hands fastened securely to a mixture of my chest and breasts. I tried to speak, but my lips were unmoving. What is not stopped by God is sanctioned by God, it said, tilting its head up to mine. All things work together for good. My daughter gurgled and croaked. This is the spirit in its course. I am but one of the disciples of lesser known yet very necessary work. I am the servant of God, and you too will share the good word. It then leapt upon my face, plunged its dagger digits into the eyelids just around my eye, so they dug beneath them, and pumped its collected fluid into my brain. You cannot even behold the star that gives your planet life without burning your eyes, the creature said, continuing its prideful lecture. Oh, how you fall short of the glory of God. With the help of your child's blood, I will give you new sight. Yes, it will be the essence of your refiguring, God allows. When my daughter was born, joy was breathed into my existence. It was scary, it was exhilarating, and it was incredible. Every moment meant something, each one precious and genuine. For once, life made sense. Through this child, the world and its iniquities were pardonable and surmountable. I would give everything for this child, I thought to myself. Then the gruesome, teeth-fingered terror arrived, proving that this altruistic and enchanted happiness, that this utopian optimism, was nothing but maggot-riddled excrement and a disease of self-destroying drivel. This was the trigger. This was the ultimate awakening into greater understanding that despite its empowering jubilations, humankind was pitiful. This event of raw occult savagery was necessary. The Voyager from Unknown Realms revealed the truth of a fragile, dismal, and utterly worthless pitfall of illusory meaning. There was a greater purpose to be followed than the hollow emotions of a fallible, perishable brain, and it bore principles rooted in darkness, in chaos. Where the mind ended, the darkness began. Universes, dimensions, and realms connecting time and existence in a union of flexible perception and projection. This darkness embraced me, and I suckled upon it for what felt like years. I experienced a life void of sight, sound, and body, but I also learned a life's worth of knowledge, new knowledge not present in the waking worlds. Surrounded in black, an internal, entrenching spirit projected upon me visions and lessons of infernal might, and made me a disciple of a secret force. When I was born again, I sprang forth from my old body. My chest cavity ruptured along with my neck, and my head detached with the new neck and body from within. I fell upon teeth fingers, and the end of my torso slid behind me. I had become like my maker. Bertaya, said the teeth-fingered terror in its native tongue, now also native to me. The word was the equivalent of welcome the vile. The scene of the bedroom was just as I had left it. I had been gone only moments, although eons of education returned with me. I stared complacently upon the pieces of my previous life that had once been so dear to me. My child, lifeless upon the floor, my husband, blinded and unconscious, and my home, Desolate and empty, now figuratively contrasted against the drapery of my mind's new meta. "'Again,' I said, my voice embracing vibrato inflections. "'For what do you wish again?' it asked. "'I want to glide within the spirit's direction once more.' My language was altered, improved." This has never been done, it said, God allows, I told it back. Indeed, your eyes are open, what blood shall I use? Yes, I said, pointing with a sharp pointed finger at my past life's husband. Yes, let us try, you have gained God's wisdoms. To wade knee-deep in the glory of God was not enough, I wanted to dive into it. I had sipped upon a chalice of experience beyond measure, and I wanted more, to know the limits of its expanse. The teeth-fingered terror fixed itself to my past life's husband, and began extracting the necessary and substantial amount of blood. When it was complete, it scampered over to me, extended itself upward upon its tail, and lunged its dagger digits accurately around my new eyes. A gentle brush drifted across my essence, veins of ethereal oblivion branching through me in the wake of its touch. In the tempests of dead time, I was baptized, as the tomes of the secret spirit reached unto me with their intangible transference. Instead of an absorption exteriorly, Outwardly in, it came from within, inwardly out. An ignition of evolution from a fuse that had always been. This existence, hidden and buried within a transcendental self, was simply released. In the darkness, the beginning and the end were one. Mother, cried the voice of agelessness, what an act you have given! I know you. By the devil. The, devil. The, devil. the Synapses devil. fired. Cognition flared. Yes, I was the evil all the while.
1: That concludes episode 91 of The Dark Verse. Make sure you check out all of my past stories if you have not listened to them already. You can find them on iTunes or you can find them at thedarkverse.com. Just go to my episodes slash stories section and you'll find them all there. You can download them or you can listen to them through SoundCloud. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving holiday coming up and that's it. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.